Good morning, friends. This is the second week of our series called The Gospel According to Christmas. We're going through the classic Christmas stories of the Bible and seeing what we can learn from them, how we can apply their lessons to our lives even beyond December. And last week we looked at the story of Mary and how God had called her and calls each of us to a life of courage, a life of faith, and a life of surrender to God's will. Today we'll look at the story of the shepherds as recorded in Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 20. This has always been one of my favorite stories, and I suspect it's because I can remember seeing Linus recited every year in a Charlie Brown Christmas. That scene was the best part of this Christmas special, <clears throat> that and Snoopy's dancing. Not long ago I read that the network executives tried to cut this scene from the program. They told Charles Schultz, you can't read long passages of the King James Version on broadcast TV. You'll lose your audience. Schultz said, if we don't tell the Christmas story, who will? And as it turned out, critics called it the dramatic highlight of the season. Even though I went to church every Sunday when I was a kid, I don't all, didn't always pay attention. And so as I was older and heard Linus talk about the real meaning of Christmas, and a lot of other people talk about the real meaning of Christmas, it began to have an impact on the way I felt about the entire season. Well, there are three things this story teaches us about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's take a look at them. First of all, the gospel is good news for everyone. It's amazing that God chose to break the news of the birth of his son, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, not to kings and priests and world leaders, but to a group of shepherds working at night. Throughout the Bible, the shepherd metaphor is used several times. God is compared to a shepherd in the Old Testament. Jesus is compared to a shepherd in the New Testament. It's a beautiful religious symbol. However, in the nitty-gritty of the first century Jewish life, shepherds weren't the elite members of society. In fact, they were looked down upon. They were considered low class. Good people intended to look down on them because their nomadic lifestyle made it all but impossible for them to follow the religious rules and regulations. So if you were a shepherd in the first century, it was assumed that you weren't particularly devout or educated or affluent. You were on the bottom rung of the social ladder. And this is whom God chose to hear the news first. That's because the gospel is for everyone, not just the educated or the influential, but for all members of society. God chose to break the news to a scruffy bunch of shepherds because the message of the gospel is that those scruffy shepherds matter. The message of the gospel is that every person is significant in the eyes of God and in his heart. This is exactly what the angel said when he appears to those shepherd boys as they watch their flocks. I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Two things we must never forget. One, this includes you, and don't ever think that it doesn't. You can't be too low on the totem pole, and you can't be too much of a failure to not matter to God. And two, we must always remember that this also includes everyone else. God doesn't love any of us more than the rest, no matter where we live, no matter the color of our skin or the language we speak, or even the name of our religion. God loves everyone the same, and Jesus came into the world for everyone the same. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. As soon as the angel spoke these words, a heavenly choir appeared and said, Glory to God in the highest, 
and on earth peace, good will toward men. Many people have the idea today that the gospel is an angry message, that God is somehow mad at the world and itching to get even. That's not what the gospel is about. The message of the gospel is that God has good will toward the human race. Even though there is much wrong with this world, all we like sheep have gone astray, and all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, you've heard those passages before. The message of the gospel is that even in the midst of the mess we've made of things, that according to Romans 5.8, God demonstrates his own love for us of this, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The message of Christmas has always been that God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. That comes from John 3.17. The message of Christmas is that the whole world walks on level ground before God. Whether you're a shepherd boy or a sheik, whether you live in the first world or the third world, whether you work in the mail room or the boardroom, we're all the same. God loves each one of us, and he wishes each one of us to live in peace and goodwill. Here's the second thing to think about. The gospel is built on personal experience. The angel said to the shepherds, Then there shall be a sign to, unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. Those boys had to see for themselves. Now, I don't know how they took care of the sheep. Maybe they divided into groups and took turns going into Bethlehem. But they each decided that it wasn't enough for them merely to hear about the birth of the Savior. They wanted to see for themselves, and so they sought him out in Bethlehem. There are many, many people in this world, many people in the church even, who live their whole lives hearing the Christmas story over and over. They could probably recite the gospel to you point by point. They know the story but they've never really checked it out for themselves. G.K. Chesterton once said, The Christian ideal has not been tried and found wanting. It has been found difficult and left untried. This is true for many people. They have heard the story again and again, but they've never gone to the end to meet the Savior personally. The angel announced to the shepherds that in Bethlehem they would find a child who is a Savior, Christ the Lord. And that is the same Jesus that you must seek. He is Savior because he does for us what we cannot do for ourselves. He doesn't just overlook our sins. He blots them out. He takes them away. He saves us from our sin. And he saves us from him ourselves. Without him we'll make a mess of things. That's why we need a Savior. But he is also Christ because he's been anointed by God to establish his kingdom in the hearts of his people. And through them set the world right. He's not only our Savior, he's our Deliverer. He is also Lord because he's God. Colossians 1.17 says he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He deserves to be the leader of your life, the boss, or what I often say, the resident president. He's not just our Savior, he's not just our Deliverer, he's also our leader. That's why the angel said, For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. He's not just a Savior to be read about in a book or heard about in Sunday school. He's a Savior to be known personally. Every man, woman, and child on this planet has that opportunity. 
you can know Jesus personally. The fact is that there are some people who know the details of the life of Jesus better than others. But guess what? You're not saved by knowing the details. You're saved by the one-on-one personal encounter with Jesus the Christ. Now this is how we get saved. It's also how we live our lives through a personal relationship with Jesus. Let him do for you what you cannot do for yourself. Let him deliver you from the bondage of sin. Let him be the leader of your life. Make your decisions based on his teachings and his word. And like those shepherd boys did on Christmas night, seek him out every day of your life. Here's the third lesson. The gospel is to be shared. In verses 17 and 18 of our text it says, And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all that they heard, it wondered. And all they that heard that, heard, uh, wondered at those things which were told to them by the shepherds. Now if you grew up in an evangelical church, specifically a a, a church that... uh, wanted you to share the gospel, you may have a distorted idea of what it means to share the gospel. One of the mistakes we've often made in the past is to give the impression that sharing the gospel is the same as selling the gospel. Many people were taught a gospel sales pitch that was designed to take people from point A to point B to point C. Point A being minding their own business. But point B is convincing them that they were lost and going to hell. And point C was to persuade them to accept Jesus with a series of yes questions until they finally answered yes to the big ones. Now, there's no doctrinal error in the presentation that I can recall, but it was just a sales pitch. If I had replaced salvation with a vacuum cleaner, for example, I could have sold a ton of them. Uh, This kind of presentation cheapens the gospel. The sad thing is that this is what many people think sharing their faith is that it means confronting people and convincing them that they're wrong and converting them to your way of thinking. Maybe if the gospel were based on the bad news of an angry God, that's what witnessing would involve, but that's not how it is. The gospel is the good news for everyone. It's about a God who loves people, who has goodwill toward people, who has come to be a savior, a deliverer, and a leader. As the shepherds went through the village spreading the word about what they had seen, what do you think they said? Hey, good news, everybody. You're going to hell. I doubt it. I'm sure they just repeated what they heard the angels say, and they told about their personal experience. Hey, everybody. Glad tidings of great joy. Good news for everyone. God has sent us a Savior. Our Messiah has been born today in Bethlehem. He is Christ the Lord, and we know it's true because we saw him ourselves. Sharing the gospel doesn't mean that you become God's salesman. It's more like being God's reporter. Sharing the gospel means telling the people around you, whenever you have the opportunity, all the good things God has done for you and the good things he's done for others. You don't have to persuade anyone or convince them or convert them. That's the Holy Spirit's job. But you can share with them what God is doing in your life, and you can share with them the love God has for all people. Do you know the best way to share the gospel with others? It's by giving of yourself. You share the love of God by showing others what the love of God looks like. Martin Luther once said, It is the duty of every Christian to be Christ to his neighbor. That's how we share the gospel, by treating others as we know Jesus would have treated them. The gospel is built on a personal experience, and once you've had that personal experience with Jesus, it's impossible to keep it to yourself. 
You've got to share it with others, just like the shepherds did on that first Christmas night. The story of the shepherds teaches us all that men and women stand on the same ground before God. We are all equally loved and we are all equally lost. We are all equally in need of a Savior. His name is Jesus. He is Savior, Christ the Lord. As Savior, He can save you from the mess you've made of your life. As Christ, or the Messiah, He can deliver you from bondage, bondage to addiction and bondage to the past. And as Lord, He can take control of your life and He can lead your life in the direction it needs to go. So what do you do? Well, every day of your life, do what the shepherds did on that first Christmas night. Seek out Jesus. Go to where He is. Experience Him for yourself. Get into His presence. Know Him as Savior, Christ, and Lord. And like the shepherds, you will find yourself glorifying and praising God for all the things that you have heard and seen. May God bless us all in that pursuit. And once again, dear friends, until next time, see the vision, live the mission, feel the passion.